goodness. Okay, as you remain standing, let's make our, our proclamation, our declaration. In doing so, I'm asking the Lord to make that a reality for you personally, in your spirit, that what you're reading and what you're praying becomes very real for you. I want to tell you something. When God begins to open himself and reveal himself in the way that we're asking in this prayer, it's a life change. It changes your life. Changes the way you think. Changes your imagination. Changes the way you do business. Changes, changes the way you handle your friends, your loved ones, your wife, your family, your children, your boss, your employers, your employees. Changes you. I'm asking God for that change. Shall we put up our, our prayer? This is a, a prayer we've been praying together, asking God to do this. We'll begin. Just a moment. Are we ready? Can you see it? Oh, it's coming. And, and uh, uh, don't, don't worry. As we continue to give, we're going to change everything. Amen. Are you ready? We would be still and know that you are God. King God. Supreme in your authority. The ruling, reigning monarch of this universe timeless in your existence ingenious in your creativity and with totality of ownership we stand in awe of you as we contemplate your awesome holiness majestic splendor blazing glory limitless power and unquestionable sovereignty we worship you for your flawless character your infinite knowledge and wisdom, your absolute justice, unswerving faithfulness and unending mercy, matchless grace and terrible wrath against sin. We bow our hearts and bend our knees before you as we acknowledge your dazzling beauty, your fascinating personality, your incomprehensible humility, your unsearchable understanding and your unfathomable love. We acknowledge that our greatest need is to have a far greater revelation of what you are really like. We ask you to meet that need. We'd also join with Moses and pray, teach us your ways that we may know you and find favor in your sight. Thank you that you will answer these sincere requests. In lift those hands up to the Lord. Father, I'm asking you that you would honor the request of this prayer in every heart. Let the fear of God replace the fear of man. Let your awesome holiness be revealed to your church. Let your presence be sensed and known and obeyed let glory be unto you unto your name to these who believe you and obey you in Jesus name all God's people said amen hug each other amen amen
obvious to me that David, King David, not king yet, but before he was king, it's obvious to me that he asked God the prayers that he put in the Psalms. Teach me, O Lord, to fear your name. It's obvious that he, um, he obviously had this relationship with God where he asked the Lord to know his ways. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit convinced that David knew something about what Moses said and what was said about Moses. Because um, he writes, he reveals his acts, A-C-T-S, A-C-T-S, his acts. He made known his acts to the children of Israel. But he made known his ways to Moses. It's one thing to see what God does. It's another thing to know why he does it. It's one thing to see the results of God moving. It's a whole other thing to be the reason why God was moving. To know God's ways is different than seeing what he does. You, you, you understand this even with your parents. Because you didn't understand everything your parents did. You didn't understand the why of what he did every single time. Or what they did. Or what your mom did. When you were a child, there's something she did. You just didn't understand that. Why well, I got to come home before everybody else. Can I, can I get a witness out here today? Why can't I go? And, and her famous words. Because, Lord, look at your brother, look at your sister, say, yeah, you had the same mama. We all had the same mama. Well, I got to stay home and do my homework. Well, I can't wear my dress as short as everybody else. Hello, am I talking to the right people? You didn't understand her way. All you got was her command, or his, for those of you who grew up with the father, you got his command, his demand. That's when you were young. But really, really, your parents' desire is that you would understand not only what they did, but come on, why they did it. Some of you didn't even get it until you became a parent. You were mad and you was cussing under your breath when your mama told you, your daddy told you not to do it. Because they just made, you know, what's that famous term you, you used to say under your breath? You make me sick. How many of y'all ever said that? Just, just shame the devil. Just raise your hand out like that. You make me sick. Now, you, you could never say it out loud. How many of y'all said it out loud? Uh-huh, that's why your lips so big right now. Ain't got nothing to do with your... <laughs> Something you couldn't say, right? But, but what you, you had this in your heart. You may have been angry. But you're only going to go so far because you didn't understand. You understood what they were saying. You just didn't understand why they were saying. It didn't make any sense to you. Because in your immaturity, in your, in your lack of oversight, in, in your problem with too few years and too little experience, you, you were judging them wrongly. The moment you became a parent, Lord have mercy. 
The first time that little booker looked at you when you told him to sit down, and he looked at you like, and who's going to make The first time you had to discipline your child, I promise you, your mama's voice came back to you. How many of you know I, I, I ain't lying right now? He said, oh, my God. How many of you parents have seen yourself in your kids? I'm sorry, forgive me. Raise your hand and look around. Some, uh, I heard a parent say, God didn't give your children to you to discipline your children. God gave your children to you to discipline you. Man, it's so bad. When I heard my voice come out of my son Christopher's mouth about what he wanted to do, I was like, oh, no. So I, I, the understanding of why you do a thing is the understanding of the way of the authority in your life. It's God's desire that you understand not his wise, not just his acts, but one thing God longs for you, he longs for us, is for us to know his way. Now the one thing in God's heart that throbs and beats to be fulfilled is that you would know him. You can't know him without knowing his way. You'd have to be familiar enough. You'd have to read enough. You'd have, enough. You'd have to have enough revelation. He'd have to show you enough. You know, when you understand God's way, woo-wee, in other words, the why he does what he does, it changes the way you act. Now, I'm convinced David knew something about the way of the Lord. So I'm going to share with you for a few moments something that I trust will bring the fear of the Lord, which we've been talking about for the last three weeks, into your heart. When I read this that I've read, when I read this that I've been reading, many of you have read this story already, but I ask the Lord to show it to you in a way that reveals God's heart and maybe even your own. It has the power to change you. I'm going to read after the fact. Read with me. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Second Samuel. Chapter 12. Give us courage, Jesus. Give me succinctness. Give me spitherankdom. <laughs> Give me clarity. Holy Spirit, help us to see. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David. And he came to him and said, and as God will do many times, he'll tell you a story. I find myself in this way with the Lord and speaking. He tells David, he's Nathan, he's the prophet of God. He tells David a story. Now, there were two men in one city. There were two men in one city. One rich and the other poor. You got the picture? And the rich man had a great many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe, lamb, which he bought and he nourished it. And it grew up 
and it grew up together with him and his children. It would eat of his bread and drink of his cup and lie in his bosom and was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man and he was unwilling to take he was unwilling to take from his own flock or his own herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. Rather, he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. And then David, because he knew the way of God, he had something in him rise up in him. He's king. He, 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 was, he was moved because he knows the prophet. He knows the prophet's not lying. This is not an illustrative story that when the prophet speaks, he speaks the truth. Look at your neighbor and say, when you speak, you better speak the truth. By the way, just a side note. My wife said, don't go down the wrong trail. Just, just a quick side note. If you have the fear of the Lord, you will speak the truth 100% of the time. Look at your neighbor. Tell him what I said. If you have the fear of the Lord, you will speak the truth 100% of the time. You won't exaggerate. You won't alliterate. You won't, you, you won't translate. You'll say the truth. And that's a sign that you know something about God. You know his way. Because when you ask a question, when you have to give information, you give it the way it really is. That's why I can't stand the media today. I'll stop right there. All right, leave that alone. I did good. I'm not on that. David's anger burned greatly against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, surely the man who has done this deserves to die. He must make restitution for the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and had no compassion. David knows the way of the Lord. Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord God says of Israel. It is I, it is I who anointed you king over Israel. And it is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. I also gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your care. And I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been, if that had been too little, I would have added to you many more things than these. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the sons of Ammon. That's gangster stuff right there, boy. You understand what I'm trying to say? That's gangster. Well, you ain't going to kill him yourself. You're going to use your enemy to kill the one you want to get rid of. That's the Godfather stuff right there. You ordering some, you, that's a hit job. Y'all understand what I'm trying to say? And the prophet is speaking to the man after God's own heart. Mm. 
Now, therefore, the, he, said, he said, why have you despised the word of the Lord? Why have you killed him with the sword? And you didn't use your own sword. You used the sons of Ammon. Verse 10, now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house. Because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. I don't care if Uriah the Hittite wasn't a Jew. It's not about his, his it's not about his culture, not about his color. He's in your army. He's under your command. He's under your protection. He's under your authority. You're going to set him up. Whew. Verse 11. This is what the Lord says. Behold, I will rise up against you from your own household. I will even take your wives before your eyes and give them to your companion. And he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. Jesus, my father. Indeed, you did it secretly, but, but I will do this to you before all of Israel and under the sun. However, because by this deed you have given occasion to the enemies, however, because of this deed you have given occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child also that is born to you shall surely die. And then Nathan went home. Lord have mercy. This is why when the prophet showed up at your house, you better say, is this for good or bad? Because he about to speak the truth, and the truth is going to bring either blessing or judgment. Now, all of you know the story. You know, you know what happened. The, the Bible says a few chapters later, earlier, it says when kings go out to war, David stayed home. When kings go out to war, he's a king. When kings went out to war, he stayed home. Look at your neighbor's head. If it's time for you to do the work of God, you better be doing the work of God and not whatever you want. Tell him what I said. See, a lot of times when, God's, when God wants to do war through you, you don't want to be bothered, so you're going to take it easy. Just know if you don't respond to God and it's about war and you don't go, guess what's coming? Look at your neighbor that temptation is right around. Temptation's waiting for you to stay home. Tell your neighbor what I said. Oh, I hate to say that this morning. Some folk are home and you know, hello. Oh my. Some of you know exactly what happened. David, he's, he know, he's home. He's, you know, he ain't got to be bothered. He ain't got to strap up. He ain't got to, she ain't got to sharpen up. He ain't, got to, he ain't got no blisters on his inner thigh from riding them horses. Y'all never had real road horses. You don't know what I'm talking about. He ain't got to, he ain't got to be looking. <laughs> he don't have to go in harm's way. He chilling. 
And he's not chilling in the cave anymore. He's now chilling in the palace. And uh, you know the story. And in his leisure, which, which should have been, he should have been in his work, as some would say, in his war. Instead, he was in his leisure. And, and Satan was waiting for him. So when he looked over the balcony, Lord, there was all the other lights off, just one light on. Y'all breathing? Because all the other men who, 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 who covered David, their houses were down below his. So he could look out and see everybody's porch, back porch. Hello, y'all breathing? And he saw this image, whoa. And he saw another, he's whoa. And the next thing you know, wait. I'm sorry, y'all with me? So, you know, that, that song probably came on. She's a bad mama Just the finest she can be. You know the story. He saw her. He invited her. And she went. He's the king, my wife said. If the king tells you to come, you better show up. Are you there? But she comes to where the king is, but from then on, and by the way, make, let, let's make this clear. Whoever is an authority has a, a certain level of command over you. Are you there? Whoever is in authority has a certain level of command over you. When that command transgresses the Lord, that's when that command ends. I'm trying to help y'all today. When the fear of the Lord is in your heart and you fear God more than you fear man, then his, his command over you only is so far. When the command of those who are in authority press you past the command of God, you need the fear of God in your heart to say, I hear what you're saying, but I cannot transgress the command of my God. She didn't do that. She just came on in. Okay, now she's back home, and the Bible says when she purified herself from her filthiness, you know, they found out she was pregnant. And Uriah, which is her husband, he's in war. Are you all still there? And so the baby comes, and, and, it, and he's, he's set up. How, how am I doing? He... He, 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 set, he, he set the guy up. I don't want to get into the details of that because I don't want to give nobody any ideas. Amen. But I, I will tell you this, that, that, that you, you had to be, you had to really want something past your boundary to go through with what you did. And then he started using his men who were faithful to him to get it done. She succumbed, she succumbed to his command. And now the actions that have been done have created a snowball of actions that, are, that cannot be hidden no matter what you do to try to hide them.
Read with me, because I, 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 I got to this point, and I said, Lord, I need your help right here. Then the Lord struck the child. Then the Lord struck the child. Then the Lord struck the child that Uriah's widow born to David, bore to David, so that he was very sick. And David, therefore, inquired of the Lord for the child. Are you still there? And David fasted and went and, and lay all night on the ground. I need to say this. It's not that child's fault that those two succumb. It's not that the baby is not evil because he was conceived in evil. Tap your neighbor and say, and neither are you. <laughs> because push come to shove, this creativity is of God. And though their circumstance did not please God, there was a child birthed out of it. It was not the child's fault. Okay. Are you still with me? Then David, he, he inquired of the Lord about the child. Verse 16, David therefore inquired of God for the child and David fasted and David went and lay all night on the ground. Are y'all seeing this? Now he's done wrong. He knows he's wrong. Are you there? Did I read that to you? Did I read verse 11 to you? Yeah. Did I read verse 12 to you? I did. Did I read verse 13 to you? I didn't, I didn't, but I didn't read, I didn't read verse 13, did I? No, because I don't see it in my mind. That's why I didn't read it. That picture didn't come up, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, read, I didn't, I didn't read that one. Back up with me. Are you there? So, so when, 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 when the prophet speaks to him, oh, I knew what I did. I jumped down to 15. I said, and Nathan went home. But let me, let me read this part for you, verse 13. Then David said to Nathan, wait, verse 12. Indeed, you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and under the sun. That's where I stopped. Look at verse 13. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I want you to stop right there and I want you to hear this because God help us, help us have this grace. Isn't it interesting that before Nathan gave him the word of the Lord, David did not see his sin. Now that makes me shudder. Because it's not that David didn't know God. It's not that David had never had an answer from God. It's not that David had never had a prayer answer from the Lord. It's not that David hadn't seen God's protection, his help. In fact, the prophet said, did not, did not, when you were a shepherd, didn't I take you from your daddy's field? Didn't I anoint you? Didn't I keep you when Saul was trying to kill you? Didn't I give you wisdom, by the way? The fear of the Lord brings wisdom. Didn't I give you wisdom to get away from Saul? It was so dramatic until David, the first time uh, God delivered Saul right into David's hands. And Saul was asleep in the same cave where David and his men were. And they didn't know they were in there. Saul made up his mind, will kill David. 
because he wants my throne. And so he's laying there, and David, he, he cuts off a little, did I tell you all about that? He cuts off a little piece of his, of his, of his, of his robe, and, 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 and then Saul, when he got up and he left, David got a piece of his robe. But in, in other words, I could have killed you. I had your life in my hand. By the way, David had no problem killing if it was evil. Hallelujah. And he said, see, I could have killed you, Saul. Then the Lord smote David. It means he struck him in his heart. It means conviction came on him. And he realized, oh my, what have I done? He said, I have touched the Lord's, check this out, the Lord's anointed. In other words, David said, well, I didn't just touch Saul. I touched his office. Some of y'all need to hear this right now because many of you don't understand. Many of you are still caught up in police brutality and the lie of it. Knowing that it does exist. But some of you are all caught up in the wrong way. Because when you touch authority, you touch God. Not everybody who carries authority is of God, but the position is of God. Lord, I'm trying to help you right now. I'm trying to help you right now. I said, not everybody who has a position of authority, that person may not be of God, but I promise you that position itself, that thing was created by God. So you want to be very careful the way you talk about people in positions of authority. And if they are wicked and if they are evil, you know what? Be careful how you call them that. Don't touch that office. Tap your and say, don't touch that office. That, that office was not created by that person. That office was not created by that person. So y'all looking at me, you're resisting me right now. Let me go right back again. I wish I, somebody find Romans 13 and read the Bible. Because if you read the Bible, you say, oh my God. Oh my God. You ought to read, write it down. Romans 13, read it and see what the word of the Lord says. Some of you have transgressed because you have, you have touched the very thing God created. And in trying to get to the person, you touched the office. I'm trying to help you right now. I'm trying to help you right now. That's why some of you are not, it's not going well with you. You know, you know why it's not going well with you? Because you touched the office. What office? You touched the office of father and mother. Isn't it interesting that Ephesians said, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long, that, you might, that it might go well with you. And you know, well, my, if you knew who my daddy was, if you knew what he did to me. No, 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 no. The Bible does not lie. The Bible does not overlook the sin of those who stand in offices. God is a righteous God. And I promise you, every bit of unrighteousness will be judged. Why are you guys looking at me like I ate something bad? I mean like you ate something bad. Write it down, Romans 13. Read it and let the fear of the Lord come on you so that you will have a different attitude. about. I had to, I had to, I had to back up about some of the things I was publicly saying because I was touching the office. If you get this, 
if you get this, it, it, it could be a sign that the fear of the Lord is coming upon your heart. Great blessing. If you stay with me, I'll, I'll, I'll open for you, not today, the, the blessings that come from those who fear, the protection that comes over those of you who fear God, the, the promotion that comes for those of you who fear the Lord, the wisdom that comes on you for promotion for those who, who fear the Lord. The language, <laughs> the persuasive speech that comes from those who fear God. David, was, God was teaching David the fear of the Lord when that, when that conviction came over his life because he cut the king's robe. It smote him so bad until David came out in the open and said, Here I am, so I could have killed you, but it didn't. Saul says, David, is that you, my son? He said, you're more worthy than I. David's heart's broken because he has offended God. Are you guys breathing? Second time he did it, Saul went after the first time Saul took his army and went home and stopped chasing David got home that evil spirit came on Saul and he got up again took his armor up and went after David again and the next time David that the Lord gives David such wisdom because of the fear of the Lord in his heart he gives him such wisdom that David walks right he and his men walk right into the camp while they sleep Read the Bible, you will be shocked at the story. Picks up his water bucket and takes his spear and walks out to camp. Next day, David said, Hey, Abner, all y'all supposed to be protecting the king. You ain't doing such a good job. They, you know, they're furious. They want to kill David. You ain't doing such a good job. And they look at him and say, Hear the king's spear. Hear the king's water bucket. Saul said, is that you, my son, David? Yes, sir, why do you chase me? Why do you want to kill me? I mean you no harm. Saul said, you are more worthy than I, David. Surely you will be king. Without such conviction on the authority, he went home. You guys still there? See, David knew about this stuff because God had walked him through step by step. Before he let him walk in the anointing, he was anointed when he was a shepherd and they poured that oil over his head. He wasn't prepared to put that crown on. He wasn't prepared to lead. Like some of you have not prepared for the promotion because you get the promotion, your head gets so big, you can't even get in the door. You don't even go to work. I'm going to tell you when God wants to promote you, he will first tell your neighbor, he'll first test you. Can you take the criticism of the very people you're now working shoulder to shoulder with? Because if you're working shoulder to shoulder with people and God promotes you, now you're their boss. Are you able to take their criticism? 
I'm trying to help you with this. So David, he, he knows about the fear of the Lord. He knows. Woo, he knows. I can't give you all the details in one message, but I will tell you, if anybody, if God was teaching the fear of the Lord to anybody, he was teaching it to David. So much as though God said, this man, David, he has a, he, his heart is after, he has a heart after mine. Wow. Wow. You going to say that about David? Yeah. He, that's my servant. He's got a heart after me. Everybody's after somebody. David's after me. And now he's king over Israel and Judah. He waited for the whole kingdom to be united. He waited till, until all his enemies were being subdued. He has one little enemy that they, 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 they about to wipe them off the face. But he uses that situation to get what he wants. I'm, I want to say this to you because I, I, I do believe we need to pray for some people today. Because some, some, some of the things you want... God has not released them to you. He desires to. He has not released them to you yet because if you got them right now, then, then you, it, those very things you desire, those things would turn you aside. Some of you want those things more than you want God. The Lord came to me just recently to deal with my heart about something. Something he's promised me. Years ago. And I'd never seen it, so I just kind of put it aside. And the Lord raised it back up again. And then he promised me again he was going to do this. And then an opportunity came. And he, he got, a, he, the, Lord, the Lord showed me that I, even though I hadn't seen it, and I'd put it aside, and I quit praying about it, because it was so incredible. I said, wait, well, all this time, you know. And now he brings it back up. And he showed me I wanted that more than I wanted him. So, some of you, he, he hasn't released those things yet because he knows your heart and he knows, like David, he knows when he sits you in that place, what needs to be taken care of. This message, as I close it today, is about you and me letting go of, letting go of the thing we desire so much. Some of you, it's about letting go of stuff that's happened in the past. And, and you were holding on to those things in a way that are inappropriate. You know, David, even though this child was born out of wedlock, loved that child. Even though Nathan said this child's going to die, David's on his face fasting and praying for the life of that child. And he's so weeping, he's, he's in such contrition until his, his, his own men around him, his staff, his men, they're, they're worried about him. I ain't eating nothing. Don't bring me nothing. And he's praying, crying out to God. You guys okay? I need to, I need to wind this up. Check this out. So when David said, I, and when they, in verse 13, when David 
said to Nathan, I have sinned. I have sinned against the Lord. That is so huge because that's what God was waiting to hear. God was waiting to, 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 to see David see what he saw. Sometimes it's painful when God shows you your heart and you know you don't want, you know, you don't want to deal with it. How many of y'all, how many of y'all have situations you don't want to deal with? I want to deal with it. I want to hear it. Eh, talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. When the when the when Nathan told that man, you have sinned, you the guy, you the man, that's a whole different definition now than what we say in the hood, you the man. God said you the man, you ooh, look at your name and say, you in trouble. And God said you the man, you in trouble. He said, I've sinned against the Lord. And, and David automatically understood the rules about kingship. There were three basic rules. If you're going to be a king, don't touch the gold. Don't touch the glory. And don't touch the girls. Inappropriate. They all knew that. Now, marriage was something that's, that was another thing but if you 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 screw around you in trouble did I say screw around do y'all understand y'all understand what that is I ain't talking about no screwdriver okay so David said I'm the man said Lord he said I'm the man and and listen to me David understood, if you do these things, you know, you're going to die. You breathe in? Because if you notice these, all these three things, whenever you transgress those three things, it trickles down to the people. I don't know your situation. I don't, I don't know that I'm not pretending to know the details. I do know that if you lead people and you divorce, you release something over those people who believe in you. And that's why God has specific things about leaders. And David knew what he had done. When he heard the prophet that you're the man, he said, I have sinned. You look at the whole story. He, he rips his garment. He is on his face. And he is saying, just go. I'm dead. And it, it don't take him all day. It's not Saul said, I did do what you said. Oh, no, we're not Sauling right now. It, it wasn't Saul. It wasn't no excuse time. David wasn't trying to give God something, you know, well, you know how it is. You know how it is. You know how it is being a black man. You know, if a black man can't live with one woman, you know, a black man got to have more than one woman. Don't say it. David, he, he hit it right. He said, I'm the man. I did this. He didn't. He, this, this, by the way, the fact that he would acknowledge 
his, immediately his sin shows you that the fear of God was in his heart. But here's what scares me. That the fear of God in your heart can get cloudy with your own desires. So having fulfilled your desires, now you've got to face the consequence. You want the fear of the Lord in your heart such until when you get right to that day and time of temptation, you come there and you, like, you realize, oh God. Dave, uh, David, he said, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the man. And, and then Nathan, notice the text. David said, and, and please, he's speaking for God. You shall not die. Now your sin as king death is deserving of death. But God said, you shall not die. Are you still with me? I won't be longer. I won't be much longer. But he did say, you release something of violence in your lineage. Some of you here are, are uh, recipients of what's been released in your lineage. If I talk about this in terms of marriage and family, some of you are products of this. But, but, and, and in fact, some of you have followed through with the very thing that came upon you. But I'm here to tell you today, that can be broken, cut off forever. So that your descendants, so your children and your children's children don't have to live through that. And it comes from this attitude. Knowing God's way, knowing his heart, the fear of the Lord. So Nathan said, uh, Dave, you won't die, but uh, you, you've released, your, you know, you're going to fight your enemies. David went on into his house and, and then he started fasting and inquiring of the Lord. Verse 17 said, the elders of his house stood beside him in order to raise him up from the ground but he was unwilling and would not eat with them <clears throat> then it happened on the seventh day that the child died and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead for they said behold while the child was still alive we spoke to him and he did not listen to our voice how can we tell him that the child is dead since he might do harm to himself they were looking at his passion and his love for that child even though the way that child got there was something was something evil David loved that child you still with me? Almost there. Verse 19, then David saw that his servants were whispering together and David perceived that the child was dead. So David said to the servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed, anointed himself, and changed his clothes. Lord have mercy. David arose from the ground. Some of y'all, that's what you need to do today. He, he got up off his face. He got up off of his negative attitude. He got up off of his pessimistic attitude. He got up off of his being mad with God. He got up, he washed, he washed his face, he anointed himself, he changed his clothes. 
as my mom used to say, you need to fix, you need to fix your face. We about to go out here where these people are, and you better look like you're happy. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? And he changed his clothes and he came into the house of the Lord. He changed his clothes and he, I like this, you know, he, he, he anointed himself. He washed himself. He changed his clothes and he came into the house of the Lord and he worshiped. There it is. There's that word. There's that word again, Ken. That's that word right there. That's the same word Abraham used. When he let that boy go. Same thing. Isn't it amazing? It's in the same context. The thing that you love yours because he knew the way of the Lord some of you you are troubled right now because you have not let go of that thing that's dead it's over why are you still carrying it why are you still crying over your past why are you still sulking over what happened to you? Why do you still act like God can't change the situation why do you act like that it's over for you when God is the one who raises you up, who cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Lord, have mercy. Get up, David. Get up. Wash up, David. Some of you, that's exactly what you need to do. You need to get up off your negative attitude. That's what you need to do. You need to wash your attitude, your heart. And you need to wash up. Define it the way the scripture defines it. To let go of what you love. Some of you have loved your misery. You've loved your past. You've loved that thing that you missed more than you love God who gave it. I want you to do it today. Don't hold, a, don't hold that thing. A divorce, don't you hold that thing in your heart. A child that's passed because you didn't take care of them, don't hold that thing in your heart. An opportunity that you screwed up because of your own passions, let that thing go. Let it go. Look, we're not saying that David wasn't a murderer. He was a murderer. But when he confessed that he was, God said you won't die, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix it. God knows what your sins are. He knows what your sins are. He knows what you did. Tell your neighbor. Look at him. Tell you, he knows what, know what you did. He knows what you didn't do. I'm trying to help you all today. I'm trying to help me. Lord, have mercy. And the servant said to him, David got up and he worshiped. Then he came to his own house. First he went, by the way, first he went to church. He went to the presence of God. Then he went to his house. Are y'all there? Some of y'all go home too quick. He went to the house of the Lord. He worshiped God. Let it go. Man, throw those arms up before the Lord right now as you sit there in your seat. You need to let it go. You can't change it. That thing is dead. It's gone. It's over. Why would you live in the stench of that thing? 
Why would you live in the thing that is useless to God? Just tell the Lord right there where you sit, Lord, I, you know what it is. You know what it is. Tell the Lord, Lord, I let this go. I fear you more than that thing. I let it go. And the people said, Amen. Then he came to his house. You know, you're not fit to go home until you go worship. Tell your neighbor what I said. You ought to worship first, then go home. Because if you don't go, if you go home first, you got that negative set on you. You need to worship God, and then you can go home, everything's gonna be clean. Everything cool. Everything copacetic. Everything honky dory. That's what we used to say. You still with me? He came to his own house, and, and when he requested, they gave him food. You know, food don't taste good if you haven't let that thing go. Ain't, no, ain't nothing good when something permeates and dominates your life. Nothing you eat can satisfy you. When you, when you have something dominating your life in the past, present sex can't help you. Cigarettes can't help you. Booze can't help you. Faith can't help you. Weed, yeah, you know, what is that? Weed, what is that? Marriage on one, she can't help you. Y'all breathing all right? Okay, we gotta go, we gotta get out of here. Thank you, boss. Okay, is that, are those your fingers? Are those your fingers? Playing? Yeah, yeah, okay, good. We, we need your fingers. <laughs> Check this out, saints. He went to his own house and he requested. And when he requested, they set food before him. And he did what? What did he do? Then his servant said to him, what is this thing that you've done? Like, 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 like he did some great sin. And why are you questioning him? Because you're still there? Some of you require folk to mourn longer than God requires. Are you still are you still there? And when the servants came, he said, he said, What is this? What does this thing have you done? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. I know it's just the opposite in our culture, isn't it? No, I, I don't like the way we carry on at funerals because we don't, first of all, you, you can't carry on, right, if you don't have the fear of the Lord. You don't know what the Bible says. Absent from the body, what the Bible say? Present with the Lord. Y'all talking about my baby down out there in the cold ground. No, your baby in heaven. I said your baby in heaven. Your baby ain't in the ground. Your baby in heaven. Your baby's space suit's in the ground. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I hate the way we carry on in funerals. It's terrible. It's not the Bible. We don't sorrow as those, come on, who have no hope. Wait, I'm almost done. Check it out. And we're going to go home then. Well, you're going to pray first. Look at this. Check, check this out. <laughs> he said, well, how you, how you going to fast when the baby dead? And now you're going to eat. Verse 22, here come your answer. David said, while the child was still alive, while the child was still alive, while the child was still alive, I fasted and I wept. For I said, who knows, the Lord may 
be gracious to me that the child may live. Some of you had situations, it took them a long time to die. And you were praying that God would, you know, God, Lord, in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name. And while the, while the thing is still alive, you think it's still going to happen. But when the thing is dead, okay. Are you breathing? He said, when he, when he was, he said, but now that he's dead, why should I fast? What a word. If the thing is dead, what are you fasting for? What are you mourning for? What do you got your face toe up for? That thing is over. He gone, he with somebody else. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm trying to help y'all today. Why are you still dreaming? I'm dreaming. Dreaming about you. Hoping that someday true. We'll come shine. Through the clouds, you come shining. That thing is gone. Tell your brother, tell your sister, gone, over. Gone, over. What I'm talking about right now is one of the biggest problems in the church right now with God's people. We're living over the past hurt. And even worse, fantasizing over something that God has pronounced death over or living over some grieving past that blood has already covered. Over, I'm talking about his blood has washed it and, and now to him it's like it never even existed and you still fasting and praying over it. Some of you, this hurts you because you are so familiar with that thing you've been grieving over for so long. It has now become for you like a permanent place in your heart and some of you even feel guilty if you choose to forget about it it's a lie it's a lie it cannot serve the purpose of God I know if it was your sin it was your sin but that's the beauty of that's the beauty of the gospel of the kingdom because when he comes to forgive not only does he take it out of the way he takes it out of mind God treats it like it never existed. What's wrong with you? Oh, you God right now. Oh, I see. You're going to play God. You're going to keep that thing in your mind, rehearsing it over and over and over again. And God said, how can I take you forward and you're still living in the past like this? How can I promote you when you're living like those I want to promote you over? I think I heard him enough, Jesus. I think. So, David said, he said that while the child was alive, I fasted, I wept. Who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me and that the, that the child may live. Now there's some things that are past and the grace has passed over that and, and, and there's no need for you to go get grace because it's done. The grace you need to have is the grace to let it go still breathing let's go home but now he's dead now that he's died now but now he has died why should I fast can I bring him back again can I bring him back again some people some people act like they can he playing God acting like they can do what God is unwilling to do can I bring him back in I will go, look check this out I will go to him but he cannot come to me 
Now that's amazing to me. Because David's saying now, what was all wrong? God's going to make it right in eternity. And, and I can't bring that back into my existence. But the day will come when I will go into that existence. Until then, I'm going to eat. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Until then, I'm going to feast. Until then, I'm going to wash my face. Until then, I'm going to clean my body. Uh, i got to stay inside the lines. Until then, until then, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to let everything go that I need to let go. Until then, I belong to him and his future is now present on me. Until then, let God do everything he want to do with me. I ain't looking back. I ain't got time. God wants to move me forward. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Don't you miss this moment. Don't you miss this moment. Man, y'all know I, I wrestled with this word this morning. I said, Lord, I'm quit. I'm going to quit. Questioning you, Lord. It's going to do what you say. And those of you, if this applies to you, and you might need a prophetic demonstration whoo, of your deliverance. You, 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 may need, you may need to act in such a way that God can transact in the spirit the thing that he's wanted to allow you to have, allow you to go all along. Some of you got to acknowledge I'm not worthy. Some of you got to do what David did. Ooh, I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. God said, well, yeah, but uh, you're not going to die. Those of you, this word hits you right in the face because you've been dealing with this loss. I want you to don't hesitate. Come quickly and stand in this, in this altar as a sign before the principalities and powers that you've made a new decision. Come now in Jesus' name.